Okay. Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the disability community. Um, well, I had a less than direct route to get into the disability community. My name is Jen. Um, I've been working on digital accessibility for close to close to 20 years now. Uh, I'm dating myself. I started in the mid 2000s uh, working for a state agency out of Oklahoma where um, I was hired to, uh, I had a journalism degree and I knew how to build websites. I knew HTML. Uh, and I knew how to write and I knew how to design a little bit. So uh, and because I was hired for a state agency, uh, I was uh, I needed to know a little bit about Section 508. So um, I was brought in and I know I knew a little bit and I had worked um, jobs in the past where I'd uh supported people with disabilities uh, as volunteers, and I'd had a neighbor who was blind, and I'd seen the power of what uh, digital access could do. Uh, and so I knew the importance of Section 508. So in the role in a state agency in Oklahoma, given that I was the only person pulling all of that together, um, and it was for a company, uh, or well, the agency kind of brought together financial literacy information. And I understood that giving people the power of making their own financial choices was kind of this key that could unlock a lot of agency for people. Um, so from there, that kind of was like this aha moment because having uh, in college, having that neighbor with dependencies on other people, um, the volunteer opportunity um, where I'd seen disability as a factor where people were dismissed and brushed aside because of that um, made me realize that we needed to kind of change how disability was talked about and focused on. Um, and and it just wasn't rising enough to the the place it needed to be. So that was kind of the doorway into the field for me. Um, and then it was always part of a job that I had from a state agency, um, and then uh, in a less than direct route, I'd ended up working for the Centers for Disease Control, then um, in lots of other public places. Um, in big jobs, uh, in other corporate industries, um, financial industries, the tech world, um, and I've done design, development, a lot of compliance roles. And so I've kind of worn all the hats in accessibility. And what I love to do today is amplify a lot of other voices uh, that are doing amazing things in the world of accessibility today, because it seems to have hit a fresh, I don't know, a fresh new level of excitement and energy in this day and age. And 
there's a lot, whether it's social media or a lot of voices and technology coming together, the stars seem to have aligned in a new and fascinating way. So it's an exciting time to be here and all of these voices finally coming together to lift each other up and amplify each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take me a bit take me a bit through like your career. What was what was it like um, working in the accessible realm? Um, like what were some of the things that you sort of did to uh, in the field in the realm of accessibility? And what were some of the things that you learned while doing those jobs? Yeah, um, one of the a lot of what I learned was self-taught. Um, and starting 20 years ago, I know it's a lot, it was a lot simpler than, than it is now. But what I've learned uh, that is key to all of this is how supportive the community really is of one another. And that has not changed over the 20 years, that there is still so much wonderful information out there and everyone is looking to uplift one another and just have that tide <laughs> across the globe, lift all of these boats so we can make the everything more accessible. Um, but all of these tools are getting better, they're getting smarter. Um, I'm trying to think of, I think an, one of the key things that I've learned is don't let imposter syndrome get to you. Um, there, there's still a lot, um, whether you're talking like physical disability, mental health disability, invisible disabilities, there is a lot of stuff, whether it's the corporate world or in our culture, that's trying to kind of tell you to go sit down and still trying to, to minimize your voice. Um, and when you find the right group and the right people, you feel at home and you're gonna feel that support. You're gonna feel amplified and heard and understood. And I think that's what's unique about the communities that we have here that uplift one another and listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty important. So like in your in your career as access in accessibility, what sort of um, things did you do in terms of like making things accessible for people with disabilities? Was there like did you have to make things um, accessible in terms of like you know making fonts bigger, making it with braille? Like what did that right sort of look like? Yeah. Yeah, in digital accessibility, it really is around making things adaptable. The second that you lock something in and thinking this is the singular way we have to do it, um, you've created kind of a dead end for yourself. So like 20 years ago, it was like, okay, let's make this, you know, we didn't have all the technology we have today to understand and make things as adaptable as we can. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, can we have a couple of different views? We could have a button make a font bigger. Um, but now we have all these bookmarklets and plugins and different ways we can do dark modes and CSS and all of these fabulous things. Um, but it was about trying to give people different settings and choices early on 
um, and different ways of like, oh, can somebody reach out and contact us to um, ask us for a Braille version, um, to get accessible PDFs and legacy, like, you know, if it's a state agency, you know, we have acres and acres of rooms of, you know, minutes and printed things, like how do we make those things accessible on demand when they're demanded? Um, and now it's much more like, well, everything's now digital on demand. How do you respond to that in real time? And it's thinking strategically about how do we forward think enough? So in this world, we're thinking around COVID, the world changed overnight. How do you think forward thinking enough? Um, and so we've, we're now talking about, um, like right now, what we're doing is around thinking through dark mode and a lot of customization and agency around what are people's personalized things um, around a lot of applications and remembering people's settings and personalized things that they prefer. And in the future, strategically thinking, how do we like, people love their phones and their devices for reasons like that. They've set those things to prefer, uh, to remember their personalized settings. Um, there's a reason that we carry our phones around and we, um, we have those things adapted to us. It remembers exactly what we want, how we like it. I mean, how can we kind of have that adapt to our laptops more, to websites more, um, and how can we have that agency set up in more digital spaces or as we work, as we learn, um, and trying to have that, um, I don't know, adapt to us in more places in the built environment and more digital places um, when the world has not created as many adaptable spaces as it should. And COVID reminded us that like, we have the power to really do this with technology, but we really haven't turned the key to make that happen yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like what kind of impact does having accessibility have on people with disabilities and just the community in general, like what effect does that have? Can you say the question more, my friend? What impact does having accessibility have on people with disabilities and the community in general, like assistive technology devices? Yeah, it's, it's, it opens the door. It really opens the door to everything. And it creates these newfound possibilities. It's innovation for everyone else. It's all of these ways in which people never thought of technology being used, um, not only for people with disabilities, but for the rest of the world. So I think assistive technology is really a key innovation for the world. Um, you know, you think Siri, you think haptic feedback, you think basically anything with the smartphone, uh, closed captions, you name it, all of those things are key advances that the rest of the world takes advantage of now and they take for granted now, but those were key assistive technologies that were essential 
for people with disabilities um, that without them, we wouldn't be in the technological state that we are now. Mm-hmm. And it's innovation, mm-hmm. cutting edge. Mm-hmm. It really is. So like my last question here is how can like, um, cause I know um, accessibility, you know, assistive technology helps us so much, you know, in making mm-hmm. things a lot easier for people. So what I'm wondering is how can assistive technology d- devices um, and basically assistive technology devices help us combat, you know, the stigma of disability and sort of create an right. inclusive and welcoming environment for people with disabilities? Yeah, I think part of it is how we talk about it and how we develop it too. When we develop it as an othering assistive technology and it's just developed in a vacuum as like it's only a piece of assistive technology um, and it's this specialized thing done in a silo, um, I think it does a disservice so many. When when we, uh, that phrase solve for one, extend to many, we're solving for the one, but when we extend to the many and we don't have it be othered, then it's not as expensive. You don't have the disability tax. Um, it's not like, oh, that looks like a medical device. Like, I don't want that. You make it cool. You make it the new it thing. Um, it becomes, again, that piece of innovation that everybody wants a piece of, like you've seen with the adaptive controller, like you've seen with the new Apple commercial that was just released. All of those cool features on the new iOS release that people are touting and they use as shortcuts every day, it's not an other thing. It is like this piece of technology that makes everyone's life better. Um, and that everyone sees as this fascinating new innovation piece uh, that enhances their lives. And that's another way where we don't cut off and like make disability something scary to talk about. It's just another facet of how we identify in the world. Yeah, yeah, that, that I think is important, yeah. Um, assistive technology, like I said, helps us so much and it could really make a difference. Yeah, agreed. <laughs>